This is Animals Voice Podcast, presented by the Ontario SPCA with 50 communities working together for animal welfare. We've got another great show for you on the way, so put your paws up, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Animals Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McKenzie. We're happy to have you here for this episode. We actually have a very special guest joining us. Drew Van Niekirk is with us. He's the owner and president of Pet Links. Uh, Calgary Humane Society board member, and he's a veterinarian at the Calgary North Veterinary Hospital. Drew, how are you, sir? I'm great. How are you doing today? We're awesome. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. So you're here to talk to us about a pretty cool uh, thing today called the the, the Pet Experience Project. But before that, we want to learn a little bit about you. Uh, Can you tell us a bit about your background in animal welfare? Sure. Uh, Well, I I became a vet in uh, 1992 and moved to Calgary Fairly shortly thereafter, um, I uh, joined the Calgary Humane Society Board of Directors and have been uh, doing that now for, seems like, about 18 years. Um, And I've been practicing in Calgary for that same amount of time, always at Calgary North Veterinary Hospital, and become involved in uh, multiple different efforts, including uh, work with the City of Calgary, um, some work with retail outlets and pets, uh, as well as um, work with the Calgary Academy of Veterinarians. Okay, so and and what connected you to us today? We wanted to talk about is this pet experience project. Uh, what is that? Yeah, so over the last seven or eight years, a group has been formed uh, in Canada as a key opinion leader group, and that group is known as the Urban Animal Summit Group, and they represent members of the animal industry as a whole. So not just the veterinary side or the humane rescue or municipal side, but all of those groups that represent anybody who works with animals in the industry within Canada and now it's international, have joined together once a year in an annual summit in order to discuss urban animal strategies. And that summit is called the Summit for Urban Animal Strategies. And we sit around the table and talk together about ways we can collaborate as animal industry people to try to improve conditions, issues, solve problems, and to basically make the pet experience better uh, for Canadian uh, um, and also uh, non-Canadian urban centres. Okay, so is, is so the goal then, I guess, is what you just mentioned, is to, to make the experience better for the urban animal. Yeah, and initially it started off like many of the groups did back in those days, uh, to solve big problems like homelessness or uh, dog attacks, um, irresponsible pet owners. But it's sort of changed uh, as time and the internet and, um, and our community approaches have changed to a more positive approach. And I think that's benefiting us greatly. What are the major uh, issues that you guys are facing and trying to tackle through the Pet Experience Project? Well, unfortunately, the animal industry is not entirely well united And there's been conflict within the animal industry between groups. With the advent of the internet and all the information that's available, what we ended up with uh, noticing is that pet owners were confused. I mean, the average pet owner just wants to take their dog for a walk in the park and not be told to restrain their dog better or they uh, uh, they want to have a peaceful walk without some dog jumping on top of their dog or uh, they want to leave their dog at home in the house without having animal control come and give them a fine for barking all day long. Or, mm-hmm. um, so there's a lot of issues that get in the way of, of 
pet owners having fun with their pet. And unfortunately, what's happening is that they're confused because all they hear is the chatter and noise that can occur in our industry, whether it's on controversial issues such as feeding your animal. What do you feed your animal? Is it this product or that product raw or commercial or veterinary diets? Or is, should we vaccinate or shouldn't we? Or, you know, those sorts of issues uh, tend to confuse people when they polarize in our industry. And now the problem with that is that over time, you get a level of distrust about people within the industry. And then people don't know who to believe when they go online and they start reading is- about issues. Okay. So what, what I think is probably the most important thing that we can do is come together, agree to disagree on issues that are um, – that are ones that may not ever be solved between groups, but to come together to help pet owners develop communities within each of our urban centers that are more capable of dealing with the, um, the pets within that city without creating problems for non-pet owners as well to customize those communities so that we have a better experience all around. Okay. Excellent. I follow. And, and, um, tell me the difference between responsible pet ownership and the pet experience. (laughs) That's a great question because, you know, as long as I've been a veterinarian, 21 years now, we, we hear about, um, responsible pet ownership. As a matter of fact, it's so commonly talked about in, in the industry that it's an acronym RPO. And so, uh, responsible pet ownership has been sort of a mantra that, most organizations, not just the veterinary ones, have tried to um, deliver a message through. Uh, and so groups have been created to deliver a message to people in the community that um, allow them to be responsible or that help them to learn to be responsible. And to be responsible, of course, would be to uh, clean up after your pet, to um, license, to identify your pet, spay and neuter to prevent you know, problems with population control. So those issues are still good issues. And I'm not saying that the pet experience project is any different. It's just recasting what we know is not working. Because if you think about the pet experience and how positive that can be, and you think about responsible pet ownership, that term alone implies a judgment on a pet owner. If you're not responsible, you're irresponsible. Okay. And, and so now you're, you're already prejudging somebody who doesn't want to be judged. And the pet experience is more from a, the aspect of if people are going to have good behaviors, you have to give them a good reason and good resources to be able to work within those um, positive behaviors. And I think the positive pet experience would really come from um, a community that uh, understands what pet owners want in that community. And that's a positive pet experience. If you can figure that out and deliver that, then they'll behave more responsibly. Okay. So are, are there, I feel like you're touching upon the benefits of, of the pet experience for the pet owners. Um, uh, are there, will the pet experience project benefit the animal community by and large, uh, or is it really more about the owners themselves? You know, I think there's, there's multiple spin-off benefits of something that of that magnitude that would work um, effectively in a community. And if, if people behave more responsibly then non-pet owners who happen to be, um, you know, maybe about 45% in our population, um, non-pet owners will be more accepting of pets in the community and they will um, not fight so hard to say close down off-leash areas 
um, to limit movement of pets because really, if you think about it, it's it, it's our lack of, and I'll say our because I'm a pet owner too, it's our lack of uh, management of the pet issues in the city that have driven non-pet owners to become frustrated and I really feel for them. And there's a CBC aired documentary called Dog Dazed and it, it was really, really sharply written to um, represent both sides of this story where, where pets in a community are really quite a nuisance at times. Um, and, and you know, I, I love pets but I think that we all have to make sure that we can have a cohesive community that doesn't allow that sort of activity because really it's easy to take it away. You look at the, the pit bull bans in Ontario. You look at um, um, certain parks. There's been some controversial park closures in, in BC and in, um, and in Toronto there's been a controversial uh, park issue that um, people just want to take away the off-leash areas because they're not managed well. That seems like a weird way to deal with the problem to me. I, I think the best way is to manage it, you know, manage it better from the user standpoint. Okay. It, so one of the benefits to this, pro, uh, the, the pet experience is, the pet experience project is that you've brought to the table stakeholders from across the board. So, but they've got to be coming at things from a different perspective. So you've got people from the pet health industry. You've got individuals from the humane societies. You've got the municipal side of things. You've got retailers. I, I, like, I feel as though there are a lot of people sitting at the table. Can you contrast for me? Are, are they coming at things from a different perspective? Or is it easy to find that common ground where everyone's looking at things through the same perspective? Initially, uh, at this group seven or eight years ago, uh, when the first discussions happened, people sat at separate tables. <laughs> um, and, uh, and here we are on the, uh, the, the seventh full-on year, and now people ha- uh, sit uh, mixed amongst each other, uh, understanding that this is a safe place where we can discuss is- issues openly. And, and actually, finding common ground is really, it's not like we're dealing with the oil industry or the environment. <laughs> this is, the, these are issues that everybody who's in the animal industry, and I don't know anybody really who isn't in the animal industry because they love pets, because they love animals. And that's the most simple common ground that we all come from. Whether how we approach that is is a completely different story. And remember that if you're if you're working for the city um, in animal services, you're seeing the result of in many cases of poorly managed communities or of um, irresponsible pet owners. If you're in the humane society, you're seeing the last end result: stranded, stray animals, abused animals, the worst of the worst in 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 many circumstances. And so. Yes, those groups may conflict because one may not be solving a problem that's leading another to have further problems within their organization. But ultimately, unless we all come together and solve these issues as a, as a larger group, we will be ineffective. And there has been a lot of ground made on urban animal problems over the last decade or two. I don't want to take away from the efforts that have gone on, but we're, our, our urban centers are growing it's becoming an even larger problem. And I think what we're going to find over time is that unless we come together, we're going to be too far behind the issue to be proactive and we're going to end up being completely reactive to all the problems that we have. I think that we should get out ahead of it as a group and 
at the same time, we still have to manage the problems that exist in our industry, so we can't just drop everything. But we have to take a proactive approach and get moving on to the future of the community as a whole. Okay, excellent. Now, you and I were talking a little bit before we went on air about urbananimal.com, and that uh, sounds like a great resource, maybe. Is that an area our listeners can go to to learn more about the Pet Experience Project? Yeah, that's, that's the website um, that hosts the Summit for Urban Animal Strategies, um, which uh, actually is a culmination of regional summits across the country. Okay. And we bring people out of the communities with innovative projects um, in the animal care world, and we focus on those in, um, uh, last year we did Hamilton, Toronto, Calgary, and Vancouver, and those groups all brought projects that are innovations within our industry up into the summits so that they can be discussed at at uh, the leadership level and disseminated across uh, the, the, uh, the North America at this point, um, the successes that have gone on, in hopes that we can all sort of share ideas and not reinvent the wheel. Excellent. Uh, listen, I really appreciate your time today and, and best of luck with the Pet Experience Project. I'd like to talk to you down the road, see how things are developing and uh, any, any, uh, any new things that have come from the uh, Pet Experience Project, if that's all right, Drew. That'd be fantastic. Can't wait. Excellent. Uh, thank you so much to our listeners, uh, everyone that has been sharing uh, the the podcasts. We've got some bloggers that have picked us up. We really appreciate that. And, and that advocacy and getting word out is definitely what's going to make a difference in animal welfare across the country. And uh, you can you can get in touch with me via Twitter. I'm at KevTheGrad. Uh, you can email me kmckenzie at ospca.on.ca if there are topics you want to hear covered on Animal's Voice. We'd love to hear about it. And special thanks to all of those bloggers, to my uh, producer, Katie Leonard, and to everyone involved in Animal's Voice podcast. Tune in and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Animal's Voice podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and at our website, ontariospca.ca. Animal's Voice podcast is a production of the Ontario SPCA. The Society would like to thank all of our supporters. Together, we are the Animal's Voice.